Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. What is up, Goodwill Church? You sound so happy. We're back. <laughs> it's here. We had a week off. We haven't had a week off in I don't know how long. You um, may not have. I mean, you've you've had some time. Hey, this is Pastor Marcos with you, and I am joined by my regular co-host. Season 10 is over. Thank you to Tracy Johnson for all the work she put into making Season 10 awesome. Yes. Jess Kilduff. I'm back. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> How excited are you to be stuck in here with me now on a regular basis? I actually missed it. Did you miss I it? I did. Yeah, this is something you've never done before in your life before we like harangued you into it. Yeah. And now before you I got it. goodwill told you got that goodwill I would be told. doing goodwill talk. Yes. Yeah. That there's a there's a book title in there somewhere. Yeah. Goodwill told to do goodwill talk. Awesome. Welcome back to Goodwill Talk, Jess. How was your time away? It was crazy and busy. You know, it wasn't restful. No, you weren't on vacation. You well, were I did go. I did go on vacation, but the vacation well, like, that was just barely for Easter like because you're you and your family just decide that Easter is not a thing you need to do with your church. You just you just go to Florida. And... I do it with the Greater Christian Church. Do you? I do. Do you? That's good. All I right. do. The Greater Although, Christian Church. We we thought we found our church, and then when we went back this year, we we're like, this is not our church. Why? What happened? Oh, the music was oh no challenging. The music was, I mean, I understand that like we have a different, different level of musicianship here than a lot of churches have, but in this church, like they do have very good musicians, but it's just Mm -hmm. too loud. And all the songs are about me and on Palm Sunday, which we didn't go to Palm Sunday last year, Okay, we went to a different church and we went to Palm Sunday this year. There was not one Hosanna song. I'm like, what does a sister have to do to get Hosanna songs (laughs) on Palm Sunday? I want to sing Hosanna. You want to sing Hosanna? I mean, you and they sh- didn't pass out palms, which I can get over that. That's they had palms. They had like palms. Did in the, they identify the day the, as something that matters they, in the Christian calendar? No, they no? did. They talked that about the it was Palm Sunday, but then was the there sermon was no about hom- the triumphal entry? No, no. So uh, no. In what because, way did this church acknowledge that it was Palm Sunday? They didn't have palms. They didn't sing Hosanna. They didn't talk about the triumphal entry. They no, just no, no, no. Name checked. That's not it. true. That's like, not true. It's, it's they Mother's Day. Talked about it, but then they carried on with their regular sermon series. Which to me, that's fine. I don't mind right. that. But All I do right. want a Hosanna song. You do want a Hosanna song. I do that want a Hosanna song. Crossed. That was the line they crossed. All right. And then, uh, there, but just all of the songs. There was no Hosanna song. And then all and of then the songs. And then you went back on Easter. I did because I was going to give them. You know, like. Everybody has a week where it's just kind right, of not, right, that's fair. you know, like just because it didn't live up to what I wanted it to be, it doesn't like, that doesn't mean anything. Okay. But then when we went again, Matt was like, really? Oh. I said, okay. Oh. I said, I agree. Well, and part of it was like second part way through the first song, I realized, oh, I do know this song. They're just executing it in a different manner. <laughs> And then the second, and then the second song, same thing. And I was like, "Oh, the both songs sound the same." So we sang all the songs, and they kind of sound the uh, same. I see. So I, we're just gonna. Keep- I mean, it could be like, if we're honest about contemporary worship music as a whole, it's not hard to go through a service and a lot of the songs sounding the same. Yes, but these were, these were very different. Like they sound different than they were written. To oh, sound. they changed them up to be the like same. Like the, you know, the, how you like enunciate the words and the yeah. tempo. It was all kinds of like, it was like when you sing different Psalms uh, to the same measure, 
it was a little bit like that. Like you're taking all the different songs and you're putting them to like just the measure that he's gotcha. used to playing in. I don't know. It was it was fine. I do that with I do that with keys when I lead worship. There is a, there's like there's a yeah B flat. You sing everything in B flat. Or when you a, first when you first came here, yeah, and I played. I don't know what Jeff was doing, and he was away, and I was playing piano, and you were leading, and Jeff was like, "Just by the way, you need to learn how to play in the key of, e, <laughs> of B flat." And I was like, "I don't even know how to do that. I had to get you YouTube." You didn't even know what B flat was. Well, I did in oh. theory. Yeah. I had to like get a YouTube video out there to like go. walk me through YouTube how to play everything. songs in B flat. You were fine, yeah. B it flat, did, but it took like some work for me. Um, B flat was really that's my sweet spot. I also like A. I can do a song Jeff in Jeff sings a. a lot in A, though. So that one I'm comfortable um, with. That was probably like the first I was yeah. like good in transitioning through those. Yeah, B flat's just a nice, because I have a little bit of a lower register, so I need to, sometimes I need to be down there. And I know that, I understand that B flat's a higher key than A, but vocally it doesn't always work out that way. And uh, so, yeah, B flat, that was my sweet spot. Love it there. Musicians hate me when I lead worship. They're like, really? <laughs> B flat, it's nothing but flats. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's like, oh, I just play all the black notes. Hanging out on the black keys. That's how it works. All right. Which well, fine. Uh, anyway, so yes. But in the grand uh, time of COVID now, where a lot of churches are live streams, now I can church shop from home. So when I go back next time, I can be a little bit more confident with my selection. I see. So I'm, right. I'm going to, over the next year. You're going to have your Easter spot picked out well in advance. I'm going to try. All right. All right. Well. But a nice church, nice people. That's good. Just, you know, from what I'm used to, it's... To me, it's distracting okay. because of what I'm used to. I think if I went there all the time, it would not be a distraction. Well, but to me, I it hope, was. I hope that you find a nice Easter place because Goodwill Church simply isn't isn't <laughs> good enough too, for the Kilda family. Too cold for so yeah, sorry. Oh, all right, let's get sorry. to work. Um, today, this week. We are kicking off a new season, yeah. and Jess, this is your idea. Walk us through what we're doing for season 11. So for season 11, we're going to talk about questions that kids ask, and maybe specifically because, and this can kind of came up because um, during the Disciples, disciple, no, Christianity Explored, yeah, that the, they did, the church did over the fall and into the winter, our daughters did that, and then your daughter... Um, she jumped into confirmation. Right. So she missed like the, the last, end. I think, yeah. two lessons yeah. and, and went to confirmation class. But anyway, through that, Natalie comes up with some great questions. And I mean, like valid, good, good questions. But mm -hmm. those ones that you're as a parent, you're like, I don't know the answer. Like, I do know the answer, but I okay. don't know an answer that's going to satisfy you or an yeah. answer that's going to that you're going to be like, well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And some of it, I believe, is like when you have what's what what do you call like your foundation like your presuppositions okay yeah like yep. once once you kind of have those in order then like some of the answers to these questions make more sense to you yeah but because the kids don't have that foundation or it's splintered yeah then when you're talking to them about it they kind of get ridiculous and so i found myself in some of those conversations that She's or like in, with Mitch too. I'm like, you're yeah. just being ridiculous. Like yeah. that's not a real question. <laughs> but so and I can't think. I can't think of a specific example. But I figured it's season eleven, and our girls are eleven, and uh, let's okay. talk about eleven year olds. Eleven year old questions. Because let's be honest, there are questions too. So this is like a this is like a kids ask the darndest things type of a season. Not necessarily because I think some of the questions are questions that like I asked. 
maybe more high school, college. Okay. So I don't think that they're like childlike questions. Okay. But maybe there's definite, I think, answers or ways to approach it, the conversation that maybe is a little different for kids than it is for adults. But certainly I think they're things that all of us ask or all of us think at one point or another, like, why is that? Or how did that work? Or so... I, well, I figure let's 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 tear you down this road and see where it brings us. Let's dive in. I mean, some of the stuff that um, it's a good point that just because the kids have the question doesn't mean the adults don't have the question as well. And um, I think a lot of parents can resonate and grandparents as well of hearing the question and not knowing how to answer it, not having the tools to be able to answer those questions. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's a good way to introduce this season is. Um, talk through how parents can start finding the answers to these questions because um, we're going to touch on some through the season. I'm looking at the season built out here, and um, there's some great questions in here that we're going to be tackling, and they're not the easiest questions in the world, um, but they come from kids. And uh, I, I think that parents need not only answers to these specific questions, but resources for how they can find answers on their own. Yeah. Like how do you actually... Your kid hits you with a question. You're going, oh, no idea. Um, so I'll ask you because you were at the table with Natalie asking <laughs> the questions and I wasn't. I oh. was off doing other things. So and this at that time of night, I mean, she is. She's good to go. She's great. She's ready at, for the she's questions. She's great at 8 p.m. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Try, try reasoning with that mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, when you get hit with a question, you're not sure. You know, you've never heard the question or you've thought about it and been like, oh, man, I don't have a good answer to this. What's your first go to? Like, how do you start to prep to find an answer? Or do you just say, sorry, kid, I don't know. Oh, no, I don't. No, I definitely don't do that. Um, I would say probably my first go to is can I like go to Ligonier? Okay. Which is, a, is it Ligonier.org, Ligonier.com, one of those. This is the beauty of having uh, computers in front of us when we record this. Ligonier.org. That is L-I-G-O-N-I-E-R.org. We'll put that in the show notes for you so that you're able to get to it. And they have a blog, right? Uh, they have a whole bunch of everything, and I don't okay. necessarily like follow them a lot. I don't, they're not maybe my main resource, or maybe they're a, a place to start. But I think for kids when they're asking questions, like almost always, if you just search, like search some of the keywords, you'll get answers. And I mean, I would do that like during Christianity Explored. Mm. I can't think of a particular one, but she asked one question and I was like, oh, I know the answer to this one. I just don't. And sometimes that's it. It's like, you know, the answer or, you know, the outcome of the answer, but you don't know how you get there. So, and the kids like want to know, like, well, if that's the answer, like, but why? I want to know, like, I want all the proof that gets me there. Okay. And so sometimes I think um, going to Ligonier where it'll answer the question and it'll give you some specific verses okay. that kind of point you to the outcome. So for people who don't know, Ligonier Ministries was uh, a ministry that was founded by R.C. Sproul way back in the day. And, um, you know, he's, he's passed on, but there's a whole lot of other writers who are continuing the work of Ligonier. They have a conference every year still, I think. Um, so they're, they're a, They're like pretty reputable, right? Yeah, they're they're a solid reformed resource, Um, you know, and they do. They have a whole lot of different kind of um, like teaching bits. So like there's there's some of these are even questions. How should we then worship by R.C. Sproul? Six minutes long. Does God change his mind? 
uh, three minutes from James Dolezal, who's one of the best uh, Doctrine of God guys out there right now. So okay. like some of these questions that are out there, you can go, you get a quick answer. Uh, you can purchase, of course, some um, some materials from them. But there's all kinds of there's articles, there's all kinds of stuff on yeah. here. So, so, so I always find like that's a good place to find a little video or find a little like clip of a sermon or, you know, find a Bible study that was written or a devotion that was written or an article that was written. OK, um, so I feel like that's a good place for me to start. I don't need to search too much. I don't need to like I, I, I started just Googling the question. Don't do uh, that. Yeah. That will lead yeah. you to all sorts of you're crazy places. The weirdness that way. Yeah. And you're, you're like, you know, you click and you read the answer. And you're like, that is not the answer. That's not, 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 not the nope. answer. No, I'm not telling my kid that one. <laughs> yeah. So right. I, I feel like having a good resource to go to, mm -hmm. to know that you don't really need to, I mean, vet everything. People are fallible, Yeah. but you know, for the most part, you're, you're not going to be led in a wonky direction if you start in a good source. So that's probably like my first good source okay. that then brings you. All right. So looking here's a good source. I, I think um, another thing for parents to do, and, and this does just, I mean, you got to do a little work here, but it's mm -hmm. part of the Christian life. Um, you're more equipped to be answering these questions if you're regularly in the scriptures yourself. Absolutely. Right. And so um, discipling our kids or answering the questions that our kids have, um, that requires us to be disciples. You know, mm -hmm. we, we aren't going to be able to answer well if we haven't spent time in the Word. And we might not have all the answers after spending time in the Word. But maybe you have an idea, you know, like, oh, I was reading something about that a couple weeks ago. Let me go find it, and maybe that'll help my kid. Like, the, the thing about right. children answer, asking questions is, um, and this is just helpful for people to, to know, whether you're a parent or a grandparent or you're just someone in the congregation, the kid asks you a question. They do want the answer. But more than that, they want your engagement mm -hmm. on in those issues. They want to engage with you spiritually. And so um, the worst thing you can do is say, I don't know, and then ignore it. Right. You know? Like, take, take that opportunity. Yes. And if you don't know, here's a great way to still engage in conversation and then come back to them later. They ask you the question, like, you know what? I don't know. That's a really good question. Why are you asking? And then they can start sharing the thought process behind the questions. These questions aren't normally coming out of nowhere. Right. There's a, just like the answer has some work behind it. The question itself has some work behind it. And so engaging in the conversation with these kids can be really, really fruitful because while you may not have the answer to their specific question, you may be able to, to help with the heart of this little one a little more effectively. Right. So, um, and I feel like sometimes the questions, it's not that you're like, they know the Sunday school answers. They really do know the answer to the question, but they don't know the why they don't know yeah. how you get there. And so a little bit is, you know, well, because, because I said, so is the Sunday school answer, mm. but they don't, they don't need that. That's, is that the Sunday school answer? No, 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 no. But I'm saying like them giving the Sunday school answer is well, because someone told me this was the answer. Oh, that's see, the answer because someone told me the, yeah. it's the answer. I don't necessarily believe that that's the answer. I don't know how that's the answer, okay. but I know that's the answer. Yeah. So it's a little bit yeah. like, well, you know, don't touch the stove because I told you so like, well, I know I shouldn't touch the stove, but I don't know why. Right. Right. So a little bit of that, like helping them to, not just know the answer because someone told them because you'll get to a point where like, well, that was someone else's answer. That yeah. wasn't mine. So yeah. helping them to like ad adopt those, um, I don't know, like the faith mm -hmm. 
to walk them through to understand how you got to the answer and for that to be their answer too. Well, and, and there is a place, um, there's a place for not knowing answers that's actually healthy. Um, and, and this is also part of what we can teach our kids is, you know what, that's a really good question. We don't have the answer for that, but here's why that's okay. Yeah. And, and teaching your kids that is also key. Um, or just being honest. I think part of it is the vulnerability uh, of the, the parents feel like, oh man, I don't know how to answer this. Um, I don't want to look like a moron in front of my kid <laughs> or I don't want to look like a bad Christian in front of my kid. That's yeah. I think the, the bigger one. Right. And it's okay. It's, it's actually really important for your kids to see that you don't know and are still growing and still learning. Right. Like you'll never know all about God. Right. Ever. 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 Never going to happen. Cre- the created creature can never know all of the creator like, and, right. and understands all of the creator. That's right. And that distinction helps us stay away from some sort of um, spiritual pride or, or a, um, a spiritual shame that would say, oh, I don't know, therefore there must be something wrong with me. Right. I should and know I, more. Right. And I don't want to tell that to my head. I had somebody come up to me uh, after class not long ago and say, hey, um, I'd love to work with the kids in Sunday school, but I feel like I don't know enough. And so what I said to them is, hey, you don't have to know enough. You just got to be in there and love the kids and be a part of it. Yes, there's some like the curriculum's provided for you. You can study that ahead of time. Yeah. Um, the kids need your presence because that demonstrates their worth and their value to them. Um, and so I, I really think that it's a, not knowing is okay. And we want to we want to demonstrate to our kids that it's okay not to know some of the answers to this. Like looking at the question list of what we're going to hit this season. Some of them are challenging. Some of them, yeah, there's answers. So, I but know, some so, of them are like, I don't know how to answer are, that right, one. Some of them are. There is not, it's not really explained. Like some of it yeah. in the, like there's one of them about angels or how did the angels, how did Satan fall or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, and you're like, well, the Bible doesn't really tell us other than to tell us that it happened. Right. But when and how it happened isn't for us to know if it was for us to know God would have told us. Yeah. And so that isn't a, that isn't an acceptable answer to a kid who doesn't also believe that. God is all knowing, omnipotent. I'm right. a creature. And sometimes I'm just, it's, it's not for me to understand mm-hmm. and be okay with that. Right. Because and that's, they want, as kids, they want, you can know everything. You're, you're talking now about some of the theological foundation that we want to teach our children. Right. Um, so that they're able to have the categories to be able to, to wrestle with. And I think that's also key. So there's, there's a couple books um, that I'm going to, I'm going to highlight. One of them uh, is the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, which is one of my favorite children's Bibles that I've ever seen in my life. It is put together by, oh man, what's her name? Uh, Sally, Sally, uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones. There it is. Um, I don't know who it is. Yeah, Sally Lloyd-Jones uh, put this book out back in 2007, but genuinely it is my favorite children's Bible. It is beautifully drawn, um, and they actually deal with a lot of the story. Um, they, they don't. You know, you look at a lot of children's Bibles, they skip stuff because it gets too gross or too, you know, I found I found children's Bibles that stop before the death and resurrection of Jesus because we don't want to talk. Don't, don't tell wanna... the kids about death. They'll get sad. Right. So like this isn't that this is a good book. Um, Jesus Storybook Bible is a great one. Um, and then I, I think it's hard. Like it's got to be age appropriate. Mm-hmm. You got to think through how you um, 
how you you bring these theological ideas forward for kids. But there is a helpful little book. Um, at least I've found it helpful. It's it's a bit Baptistic at times, but that's okay. We love them. Um, <laughs> it's called. Our Baptist friends are going to write emails to me now. Um, it's by Mary Wiley, Everyday Theology, What You Believe Matters, um, which is a, a helpful little six-session Bible study that I think is is a great thing for families to be able to go through together. Or sorry, I said six. It's actually eight. Um, and so it's it's demonstrating really an understanding of who God is and how that impacts your life. And you're going to, it's got scripture memorization built into it. There's, um, it really is, I think a helpful book that you can take kids through. Uh, it's not necessarily just for kids, but it's a helpful thing. It's put out by Lifeway. I I would Mm -hmm. recommend it as a solid resource as well. So, um, there's another one. I'll just, I'll put out another one because I think it's, it's really cool. The ology. Um, I have that book. Oh, do you? What'd you think? It's the it's the picture, right? Uh-huh. The theology. It's like a it's like a children's story book ish. Book ish, right? It's so it's an illustrated storybook. It's for uh, I think they say here on the website it's uh, for ages six to twelve, um, and it's a story about these kids who find a, like a castle or something, and yeah. then they go from place to place learning theology. Um, it's a really cool way to introduce kids to theology. I think it's a wonderful. Um, first step for for little ones yeah it's broken up into i mean the the little sections are like three pages and i mean like think a storybook with beautiful illustration around it and like a small little um like frame yeah with a little part of the story and then a couple of like bible verses tagged so that the kids can grab their bible there you go and you know you look up this one you look up that one i'll look up this one everybody reads but it's not like you're going to be sitting for 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like a chapter book story. It's not really like that. Right. And it provides some of these basic categories that are helpful as, um, as they're developing. I mean, here's, here's the reality. The reality is our children are developing a theology, whether we're teaching it to them or not. Right. And so this is a tool to help them develop a theology and you're doing it together so that you're a little bit more prepared about the kinds of questions that might come your way, um, because you're doing it together as a family. And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, we're, we're approaching this, what are some of the questions that kids have? But I really want to stress the value and importance of family discipleship um, and and building it as a routine into the life of your family. Because I'll be honest, this is one of the areas where we have struggled in the Ortega household, big time. All the households. Like, it is not easy for us to do this. And we find ourselves trying to um, raise our kids in the faith as things are coming at us. Right. Um, and that's just the reality of our lives. And so I think having some kind of a resource like this, where you can even steal five minutes and walk through something, you're building a framework for your little ones. Um, so that when they start asking the hard questions, have an idea about where they're coming from. Yeah. I, I, I have the, the theology or theology book. Um, and I, I got it a long time ago. Like, I think I got it maybe a year or two before we started doing the podcast. So okay. that's maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. And I had started doing it with my kids then. And they, like, not that they weren't interested, but I think they were too young. I think that starting to do it now, they have more of a grasp of what, like, I think we'd have better conversations now. And I just need to put my idealisticness aside because so much of me is 
very like, I'm putting this in place and we, this is how it will be forever. Like, don't be ridiculous. It's not going to be like that for even two weeks. Right. So just, you know, like I started doing on occasion, like maybe once a week, once every other week with Natalie, um, just a little devotional book that someone gave me for Christmas. And I found that like, that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, and you know the days that we need it. I know the days I need it. I know the days she needs it. And so not that we don't need to be in devotion every day, but like for us to sit down and do this specific thing together, right. um, I think that she looks forward to it. Like, not that she's asking for it, but when I come in with the book, she's like, oh yeah. And like, she sits and engages and we talk. And so I think if I tried to do that every night, it would be too much for her. Yeah. And she would be, it would just become another thing we have to do instead of something that we get to do. Yeah. And so I'm definitely thinking, especially over like going through thinking about this season and the questions that my kids have been having, like maybe over the last six months, is that it might be time to pull that book out again and yeah. just do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like just once a week or once every other week, like let's do a little bit of the story. And if they get to the point where they're asking for it, great. And we'll do right. that more. But not being so idealistic to say like, well, we haven't pulled the book out in four weeks. So just let's just scrap that yeah. idea. Like well, and, just and, keep going. Yeah, keep going. And, and you know, it's, it's creating in your home an atmosphere where your kids feel comfortable coming to you with these questions yeah um because that you may not have the answer and that's okay but if they feel comfortable coming to you and you, they know you're going to engage and you're going to talk with them and wrestle with them even though you're not quite sure what you're doing it sets them up well for the teenage years because they're used to being able to come to mom and dad with the questions that they have on their hearts that matter and that are hard right because the junior high high school questions are of a whole different ballpark than the elementary school question. At least it used to be that way. My kid is coming home from elementary oh, school with hello. the questions. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think you want your kids to have this instinctive sense of they might not have the answer, but they're a safe person I can come talk to about this. Right. And, and that will help you not hurt you down the road when you want your kids to come talk to you right. about some of the things going on in their life. And creating the space in your in your home in your lives that there's a place mm-hmm. and a time mm-hmm. like okay if you were like holding on to something right now is the time i'm yeah. giving you this 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 time um instead of the kids like having something festering and then right. like oh well i meant to ask or they're asking and it's two minutes before bedtime well i'm not talking to you because it's you know you should have been in bed a half hour ago and so like not right now is not the time yeah and then the kids are trying like don't put it on them to find the space to ask the questions. Right. That's a great point. And, and I think because of our busyness, maybe creating a little bit of um, a little bit of space every every week or so. Like, here's why, again, I really, 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 really beg people to take Sabbath seriously on Sundays. Yeah. Um, because if you're working hard for six days you're not necessarily always going to have that time to sit down with your kids and draw them out with with asking spiritual questions. Right. But if you use Sunday well, you go to church, they've been in Sunday school or they've been in the service, depending on the kind of week that it is, bring them out. Ask leading questions. See what they think about things. And don't get thrown off by the initial like, oh, I don't know. Because that's always the first answer. You do know. You You do. You do. Keep pressing, keep talking, yeah. have, you know, approach the questions in different ways, draw them out. You can, you know, 
go out to eat. If you don't want to cook on Sunday, go out to eat together and sit at the table with no devices and have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, figure out ways on Sabbath to really draw your children out and have these conversations with them and look for things that can be helpful. I, I don't know if it was on this show, um, but Jeff, our, our producer over here, was sharing um, that the nail we gave on Good Friday led to some really good conversations in his household about the meaning of Good Friday and the death of Jesus Christ and all that. And his kids are itty-bitty, right? So it's looking for those kinds of helps that can prompt the questions right but you gotta you gotta have a time in the week to do that and sabbath is built into the christian rhythm or it should be and i really encourage people to take advantage of sabbath build that in right don't just find what you can squeeze into it right really like create that space so that your kids do know hey during the week we're busy we're in school parents are at work Right. We've got stuff in the evenings. I'm doing these 15 extracurriculars all at once, you know. <laughs> um, but on Sundays, we go to church and we hang out as a family for that day. And here's where I can start sharing. And as your kids are older, they may really want like, all right, I'm going through it right now in school. But mm-hmm. I know I can talk to my parents on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge to create that rhythm in the life of your family. Yeah, I agree. So, um. Here's another thing we haven't talked about yet when it comes to resources for our parents. Uh-huh. Oh, I had another one. Sorry. Oh. But you keep... No, you keep, no, you keep go going. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying, uh, I used this one specifically with Natalie during Christianity Explored was write it down and ask the pastor. Oh, <laughs> that was going to be a similar thing I was oh, going to okay. ask. So here so we I, are. We're I on did the same that, page. Okay. I did that because I did that with you. I knew that you were going to be there that night because I, I knew you'd be there with Grace or for, for whatever reason, I knew yeah. on that Wednesday you were going to be there. And I'm like, if you write that down, you can ask Pastor Marcos. You can flag him down and ask him. And I don't even remember what the question was, but I remember your answer being like, thank you. I needed that. That was a good answer. And I don't know that I I mean, I never could have articulated it. I don't think the way that you did and the way that you approached it was different than even I had been trying to approach it with her. And when I was trying to talk to her about it, it was, well, but why? Or that's ridiculous or that doesn't sound reasonable. But when you talked to her about it and she was like, of course, of course that's the answer. And I'm like, oh, thank God for the pastors in our lives. Thank thank God that we're not raising children on our own. Yeah, that was the question I was going to ask you is like, how do you, so that you've given one example, um, literally write down the question, get it to a pastor because um, we may have to grab it on the way to something else. Right. But I'll be honest, if a kid has a question for me, I'll stop the world to answer the question for the kid. That's just kind of, I won't speak for the other pastors, um, but I, I, I will just speak for me. Kid comes up and says, hey, I have a question. Uh, any adult in my vicinity is getting ignored yeah. while I you're have fine. the conversation you can with the kid. Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I had this happen. It was really cool. Um, we were, we were, I was teaching a class called The Essential Christian Life, and uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a pilot program for something that we're hoping to launch fully mm-hmm. in the future. And um, we had uh, a mom there with her kids, and the kids weren't really around every week um, on Wednesdays to be able to do the Wednesday night kids programs. And so they were in there with us. And this little girl, she's like eight years old or whatever. Okay. Um, I'm teaching on the Bible and she's sitting there with one of the church Bibles open, just trying to figure out what this thing is. 
And so I was showing her like the big numbers, the chapter, the little numbers, the verse. Here's a table of contents so you can find this. I told her, I was like, start in the book of Luke. When you get bored, skip a little bit ahead, like just that kind of thing. And um, it prompted questions. And I was, and after the class, we just sat there and we were talking a little bit and it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Pastors, especially at Goodwill, because um, there's so much going on all at once, we don't often get a ton of FaceTime with the kids. Right. So parents, grandparents, if your kids have a question that you don't have an answer to and you bring them to us, we will do everything in our power to answer that kid's question. Yeah. Like that's the fun stuff. And be plugging them into the programs. Like just because it's not sold, advertised as a kid's program does not mean that kids can't go or aren't welcome right. to go. So, you know, Christianity Explored was is not like pitched as kids content. But it is. There's, you know, sure. it's great videos, great conversations, not a lot of reading. There, you know, it's and I mean, I had been wanting to do the class, but I wasn't sure that Natalie was gonna sit through it. And so when yeah. I found out that Grace was gonna go with Erin, I was like, Yes, this is perfect. Yeah, they'll get in. Like yeah. they're buddies, they won't feel like they're the only kid. Like, why are you dragging me to this grown up thing? This is terrible. <laughs> this is the worst. Yeah. Um, but you know, for her, she had a friend, and because her friend and I know like they're going through the same things, there's asking the same questions they're getting the same um pushback might not be the right word but you know like at school there's a lot of kids that are not believers sure. and so when they're talking about things that they believe or that they've been told that they believe that their parents believe then they start to get a little bit of like questions about that or well why do you believe that and then that that's when they start to realize like i don't know why i believe that yeah and i need help and so for me, it was great to be able to bring her to Christianity Explored and to have her um, just be able to ask the questions, be at tables where grownups are asking mm-hmm. the same questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you're not weird. It's not like you're going to get to a place where you don't have those questions anymore or that you're not going to have any questions anymore. It's perfectly natural to to want to know more mm-hmm. and to always be wanting to know more. Yeah. And and I think um, by by creating that space for kids, by getting them involved... Um, you're also demonstrating again, your questions as kids matter, mm-hmm. your, the things you're going through matter to the adults of the church. Um, because we can, uh, subliminally teach our kids, this is adult stuff, kid stuff's over there. Right. And, and it can feel like, oh, the important spiritual things are for adults. We get the small spiritual things, um, which isn't true. It's not what we're trying to communicate, but it can be received that way. And so by including kids in the things that are, ha- are happening in the life of the church, yeah. you're creating that space so you can have some really good yeah. conversation. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong. Children's ministry here is awesome and amazing, and they're getting great, great content. But they also, like you said, are separated from the adults in the church. And so sometimes the kids can feel like, well, like this is my part of the church and that's not my part of the church. And so getting them involved in some of the other, you know, Monday night or Wednesday night activities that are... Uh, offered groups or classes sure. or whatever that are going on just gives them plugs in with some of the adults, but also like you said, gets them some FaceTime with a pastor gets them more of a one-on-one like, Oh, that's not just the guy who like we see singing songs on Sunday mornings sure. and then we leave and go to Sunday school. Like I know him, I've heard stories from him. Like they start to feel like a more personal connection to their pastors. Absolutely. So, Lots of cool questions for season 11. I'm looking at the list. It's going to be fun. Um, and here's here's how we're going to try and answer I'm going to have to study for some of these. <laughs> I mean, there's some toughies in here for sure. Here, here's how we're going to approach this. Um, we're going to we're gonna try and answer the question. Most of you who are listening are adults. Um, 
we're gonna we're gonna speak as adults. Yeah. But then I'm gonna try and include some ways for you to be able to communicate this with kids. Um, just kind of some pointers to say, hey, that word that's seven syllables long, don't use that with your children. Propitiation um, should probably not come up. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna want to leave that to the okay. side. You know, anything that ends in ikum or something <laughs> like that, we can just we can leave that be. Um, so I I think. As we go through this, um, we're the goal of this is to answer the questions that have come up from kids, because uh, you're right, Jess. I think adults have these questions as well, and so we want to talk about them that way. But also, we'll include some. Hey, when you're talking to kids about this, here's maybe a way to approach it um, that is that is helpful. So, uh, all right, Let's I'm excited. Season 11 is going to be a good time, and we will see you all next week for our first question. This has been. Season 11, episode one. Can't believe we're here. See you next time at Goodwill Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DiMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.